Hello, I am Carla De La Cruz. And I am Maggie Dollar. And welcome to SEM On Air, the podcast for agribiz, agroeconomista, economista, and mga eskotista. Where we discuss entertaining economics and management concepts behind trending topics on air. For our third episode, we are focusing on agribusiness. We'll discuss where you can profit as an agripreneur. We'll also go beyond the present by taking a look at the future of the agriculture and the agribusiness sectors. We have a very exciting outline of topics to cover for today, so definitely stay tuned, listeners. Dahil dyan, meron akong question for you, partner, bilang isang agribusiness student din. Nakapag-decide ka na ba kung anong track ang iyong ipopursue, whether it's management or entrepreneurship? Actually, Carla, I think it's too early for me to decide pa. Sa second year pa lang man ako, so medyo wala pa akong mga idea kung ano ba talaga dapat yung iteko or kung anong gusto ko. And ayun nga, as I said, second year pa naman ako, so I still have time to decide. Ikaw ba, partner, have you decided na ba kung management or entrepreneurship ang kukunin mo track? Ako, since third year na kinailangan ko na talagang mag-decide, kaya napili ko talaga yung entrepreneurship na kunin as a major ngayong third year. Bakit naman entrepreneurship instead of management? Kaya, pwede mo bang ma-share sa amin? Kasi parang naglilining talaga ako towards mga startups, mga pagtatayo ng sariling business. And napansin ko ngayong pandemic, parang patok na patok sa mga Pinoy yung mga food businesses, katulad ng mga delivery ng food panda, tsaka grab food. Kaya sa tingin ko magandang opportunity yun. That's a very smart move, no? partner, especially yung mga Filipino pagdating sa mga pagkain, hindi-hindi talaga magpapahuli yan. So, ayan, without further ado, let us officially start the discussion. The first part of today's episode will answer the million-dollar question, yung mga laging tinatanong. Where is the money in agriculture? Interesting question yan, partner. No, I am sure that a lot of people, even our viewers, are wondering the same thing. So the Philippines is an agricultural country, but is it actually profitable? Exactly. Yeah. According to the 2020 Family Income and Expenditures Survey released by the Philippine Statistics Authority, or the PSA, farmers earn only 8,000 pesos a month and this means that their families are living way below the poverty line so imagine na lang 8000 lang paano mo pagkakasyahin yun yung iba nga na employees yung mga quincenas nagsumiswelo hirap na hirap na silang i-budget what more pa yung 8000 a month you can only imagine yung situation nila totoo it is truly heartbreaking to know na kung sino pa yung gumagawa ng mismo mga pagkain natin sila pa yung mga mismong nagugutom That's very, very ironic to even just think about. Pero I believe na hindi ito yung basis to immediately claim na walang pera sa agriculture kasi diba yun yung iniisip nila. As a matter of fact, the agriculture industry has so much to offer, especially in terms of profit. One of the ways to realize this is by looking at our agribusiness enterprises. If managed and supported right, this sector has so much economic potential. Tama. And even the government has already recognized agribusiness bilang ang ating catalyst to drive regional economic transformation. So this strategy, spanning from the year 2014 hanggang 2025, aims to transform and upgrade our agriculture from traditional farming to a globally competitive agribusiness sector. Napaka-progressive and ang eager na strategy na yan. The government is just in the right to acknowledge that agribusiness is indeed the catalyst to economic success. 
para sa akin partner, establishing your own agri-enterprise or agribusiness nga is bridging the gap between what the country has and what the country needs. Tama! Additionally, this helps not only sa pagda-diversify and pag-add value sa ating mga agricultural products, pero pati na rin sa pag-contribute sa ating government's inclusive economic and rural development objectives. So it would support our economy by employing a large number of unemployed people. Makakatulong siya sa pagbaba ng ating unemployment rate sa bansa and also make a large contribution sa overall national income. Also, by establishing an agri-enterprise and joining the agribusiness community, We are taking advantage of our natural treasures, yung mga likas ng yaman ng ating Pilipinas. Ayan talaga nagpapayaman sa atin, partner, yung mga lupa, halaman, mga pananim. At masalo pa natin itong pagyayamanin dahil sa gana tayo sa agrikultura. Tama, and at the same time, we are also addressing growing consumption requirements ng ating bansa dahil by 2050, tataas na yung mismong population natin sa Pilipinas. no? Kaya agriculture provides us not only with food, but also with clothes and materials to manufacture our everyday need. Tumpak ka ulit dyan, partner. And of course, hindi pwedeng mawala ang presence ng isang professional habang pinag-uusapan natin ang field na to kasi ayun, yung mga isudyante pa lang din tayo. Kaya naman, to our viewers, we have a special section featuring an expert from the agribusiness and agriculture field. Kaya ano pang hinihintay natin? Let's begin the chikahan that will surely import lessons sa atin and syempre sa ating mga viewers with this special interview. Again, without further ado, here to encourage and inspire our listeners today to build their own agri-enterprises, let us welcome our speaker for today. He is the Director of the Southeast Asian Regional Center for Graduate Studies and Research in Agriculture, or CIRCA. Let us welcome Dr. Glenn B. Gregorio. Uh, good uh, morning, good afternoon, or good day to everyone. I'm Glenn Gregorio. I'm, I'm a professor at the Institute of Crop Science uh, of the College of uh, Agriculture and Food Science. And uh, at the same time, concurrently, or I say on second month, I'm now the, the, direct, the director and CEO of the Southeast Asian Regional Center for Graduate Study and Research in Agriculture, or CIRCA. Um, yeah, and uh, I'm also an academician, conferred academician by the National Academy of Science and Technology of the Philippines. And what else? I'm currently a 2021 UN Food System Champion. So I'm one of those uh, in, in, in Southeast Asia. Um, what else? Uh, I'm, I'm a poor-blooded UPLB from my BS in Agriculture, from MS in plant breeding to PhD in genetics and statistics. I, I, I'm, I'm a true full-blooded uh, UPLB. Uh, among others, my I'm credentials. Uh, of course, I started my, my career in agriculture kahit high school pa ko, because I started my, my publication at the age of 16 on development of agricultural uh, development of solar dryer for agricultural products and uh, i pursue my career at the international rice research institute as uh, as a rice breeder for for tolerance to abiotic stresses or climatic stresses like drought salinity and the other even flooding tolerant 
uh, rice development of plant tolerant rice varieties. Then after that, for 29 years, at where I developed my career at Erie, I joined the One Seed Company, East West Seed Company, as a corn uh, breeder, developing developing of sweet corn and waxing maxi corn for the Philippines, Southeast Asia, even up to the rest uh, globally. Then after that, I joined, uh, as I mentioned, I joined the um, UPLB as a professor. Then after uh, one semester of teaching, then they asked me to join the Circa as their leader. Then here I am now at, at Circa. So I have, I will not mention most uh, <laughs> other awards, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to, to answer or to discuss with you anything about agriculture in the Philippines and Southeast Asia and globally, I hope I could answer some of it. Thank you. Grabe po yung Pwede po niyo ba kaming i-ano about sa agri-enterprise? Palawakan niyo po yung idea about agri-enterprise. Ano po ba yun? Okay. Yeah. Agri-enterprise, uh, I think that this is a um, new word, especially to the younger generation or especially those who are uh, starting agriculture because, you know, agriculture is sometimes we have, we are romanticizing agriculture. We are just planting and producing something. We like it. We produce food. We eat. And parang cute ang agriculture. We just parang hobby lang siya or we are looking agriculture as a production machine lang or production side lang. We don't look at agriculture as a business. So that's why I want uh, maganda yung agri-enterprise because it means you're making agriculture a business to make it really anything that you want it to flourish sustainable. It should have, a, we have should a mindset of agribusiness or we have to, I said, of business, agriculture and business. Then we do this, we make agriculture, we make agriculture a business to make it sustainable. You know, agribusiness. I think that's the way to go. I always mention that, uh, although we have a department of agriculture, we should change it to, I am to the extreme of the, uh, making it department of agribusiness. That is to make the mindset of the people that agriculture is a business to make it sustainable, to make our farmers uh, business-minded and to make them uh, viable or sustainable or yayaman naman ang ating, mga, ang ating agricultural sector. So that's my thinking about agri uh, Agripreneurship. Dako naman po tayo sa value-added products. Ayun po. Sa, ano po. Elaborate po yung value addition. Tapos, ano po kaya yung mga possible value-added products na pwede nating makuha from agricultural commodities dito po sa Pilipinas? Yeah, yeah, that's a very good also. I think that's part of agripreneur. Looking for... The, we have to, I will, I will call it, we have to monetize everything. Everything is, I may say in a business term, everybody is, everything is money. You could get money from the environment. You could get fresh air, pati ambience. You have to monetize it. So agriculture, ang dami mong pwede yung, especially yung, kahit yung mga agricultural waste. Those are... Uh, I will say value addition kasi yung mga rice straw ginagamit na nilang pang decoration ginagamit nila yung rice straw into a silicon as a source of nutrient or sa pharmaceuticals 
they're using uh, colored rice for cosmetics, for food coloring to make it more natural. Yun ang mga value addition. Kahit yung mga waste natin, ginagawa nilang compost para ibenta, especially sa mga plantito, plantita. Those are the value addition. Any products, example, if you're selling something, you have to put additional to make it, I may say pricey, but to make it more enticing to the audience or to the consumer. Like example, you're, balik tayo sa rice muna. If you have something rice that is um, uh, locally produced, so ipapackage mo siya sa pangalan niya. Halimbawa, kaya like, they call it Mindoro rice or they call it the brown rice or they call it uh, black rice or purple rice or health juice rice to make it healthful and nutritious. So you have y- yung mga packaging doon to make it uh, enticing at you could, you could kuman uh, a little bit higher price para yung farmer makataas namin siya. At the same time, value addition for the farmer, you don't just sell it na parang raw. So bibenta mo yung palay. Kung pwede, i-dry mo siya in a natural way. You could uh, mill it and pack it and sell it. So yun ang mga value addition na dapat natin i- ilagay. So you could multiply a lot of activities like agriculture, hindi lang uh, you make it the end product. Uh, yung end product niya, your example, you are doing vegetable, ipipickled mo siya, so na yung mga value addition niya. Pickled, halimbawa, uh, pickled um, eggplant. Yung maliliit na eggplant na hindi mo mabenta, so ipipickled mo siya. So maganda maliliit siya. Pickled siya. So you could sell it. Or you could have sun-dried, mga cute ngayon eh, sun-dried um, uh, tomato kasi kung sun-dried natural siya gusto ng kuwan yun at mapipreserve mo siya so I'm just giving you we could multiply a lot of value addition so we have to think it that way value addition kung parang farmer ka you just say I'm, I'm a farmer you could, you could, you could say I'm a, an eggplant magnate parang ganun I'm a banana champion parang ganun ang, ang ating value addition ng ating ay, farmer lang ako. I'm a banana magnate. I'm a banana supplier. Parang ganun ang, ang dating. So, lahat yung branding, uh, putting value to your crops, you are proud of your product and sell it in a different form. So, ganun ako kapasyonate doon. Ayun po. Uh, uh, next naman po ay about po naman sa like, mechanization. Ay, modernization po. Currently, ano pong mga ganap ng Philippines sa technology or modernization sa agriculture sector po? Yeah, actually, we are now in agri or industrial revolution 4.0. Uh, 2.0 is mechanization. We are still there, but we could actually jump to modernization. We have, actually, nauna na tayo noon. We have... Um, uh, law ba siya or an act which is the um, uh, Philippine Agricultural and Fisheries Modernization Act which is really to policy, structure and maganda yung ating plano dyan but the problem is uh, of course money, of course how to implement it because the modernization is there and how to Philippinize modernization 
Kasi we couldn't just copy modernization from Japan or from US, from Canada or from UAE. You have to Filipinize it. Looking at the culture of the people, look at, at how much money we have, look at our terrain, how you modernize. Can you modernize a land? We have a small land holding. So we have to look at uh, that pers- perspective. So we have some loss on doing it. We have some technologies in doing it. But if you talk about implementation, what are the policies on that, what are the uh, money involved, that's the support, that, that's where the question is. the political will that we have, we have to do it. The political will means you have to invest more money there and less money on other things. So, um, yun ang mahirap eh. Yun ang mahirap sa, sa, as a government, as a, as a policymaker or as a implementer, if I'm the, in the government, mahirap yun ang, ang para bang ikaw ay isang family, anong unahin ko? Uh, masarap na pagkain o laptop ng anak ko o pag-aaral nila o bakasyon mo na kami. So yung mga ganon. So kanya-kanyang yung anak mo gusto bakasyon, yung isang anak mo gusto yung bago pa niyang laptop, yung isang anak mo wants this one. So ang hirap i eh, kung mag-modernize tayo na iwanan yung iba. That's the problem of a, of a developing country going into modernization. But it's all there. But it's just a matter of that's why I'm always saying we have to be uh, business-minded and we have to involve the private sector to involve not only the, the, the government, but the private sector should, should start doing it with the support of the government, not necessarily financial, but enabling policies to make it happen. You have to incentivize those who are using technology using modern technology like now we have the technology of drone they could use now the drone to 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 spray pero kailangan pala ng nung nakuan sa military dapat you have to register it you have to license your drone kasi <laughs> lumilipad yan baka mag-interfere sa mga helicopter na darating you have a specific time so ang dami then before you buy this size of drone you have to register it and of course the military has different thinking of a farmer so na kailangan mo i-spray paggamitin mo ito every now and then. So, ang hirap ng ang implementing guidelines. So, nagiging hindrance na yun na nahirapan. So, maybe you could uh, lessen pag bumili ka ng equipment, mas less ang tax done because you're using it for agriculture. So, we have to incentivize, we have to make our policy friendly to for the farmers or for the entrepreneurs to invest in agriculture modernization. But, Digital is already there. Farmers are using now their cell phone to know where's the market, to know saan ang magkano ang bilihan ngayon, magkano ang saan makabili ng fertilizer, saan magandang mga ganun. So, technically, ginagamit na lang yung digital, but how to make it really maximizing it is, is the question. So, we need young people to, to help our farmers and give them confidence, but show them this, is, this will give them good profit. I think we have to they are looking for money, Muna. They have to give that one, but you have to look at it in a different way, how it impacts the environment, how it affects the people, how it affects the uh, profit. So, ito yung tri- tri- triple bottom line approach that I have to consider in, in, in technology. And dami kong pwedeng sabihin dyan, but uh, stop muna ako doon. Meron po kayang government program na nag-encourage po ng agripreneurship or 
opportunities for youth entrepreneurs or OFWs? Yes, yeah. Actually, as uh, after in the recent, especially in this time of pandemic, lalang dumami yon kasi marami nag-uwian ng mga we have a lot of OFW coming back and then those who are in the corporate world, they start, they, they want to stop working and uh, they feel, because of the pandemic, they feel the importance of agriculture, they feel the importance of quality life and they want to do farming, they want to go uh, fishing or develop a small animal farm. So we have that one. It's, it's the partnership of we have, you could approach the DA, you could approach the DTI, you could even approach the, the NNR, education, the OST. So marami silang available na, na pera. But of course, as I, I mentioned, paano siya itap? If you are a farmer and you don't own the land, question na yon. If you're a farmer, you have a small land, and dami mong kula. So what I'm saying here is it's available. But is it accessible? So accessibility is different. For example, why, why people go to 5-6 na lang? Kasi if you go to 5-6, <laughs> wala kang papakitang birth certificate. Talagang pakita mo lang mukha mo, utang ka, then they will come back to you para singilin ka every other day or every day or every week. And like if you loan to a very structured institutions, Marriage certificate mo, land ownership, dami pong papel na gagawin. Daming transaction bago mo makuha. Then you have to go to the bayan to pay, to balik. Nasisirang araw mo. Unlike the other one, yung informal, they come to you, papautangin ka. Pero maliit lang. Pero everyday, sila pumupunta sa'yo para singilin ka. So, uh, what I'm saying is we have those projects but because of the government, may kowa tayo, mayroon tayong other one. Mas mahirap i-attain, mahirap kunin. It takes you time. Uh, I myself, I'm a farmer. I have also a small agribusiness, which I'll mention later. So may question ka doon. But hindi ako makatap sa government. Ang hirap kahit sa bangko. Kasi ang dami lang requirements uh, to make that happen. So the, the answer is yes. But you have to be very patient. You have to be, uh, you have a lot of papers to, to do before you could tap all those things. What, what I want really is parang, hindi naman dole out, but madali lang siyang i-access. That's, yan ang hinihingi ko sa, sa government to make it happen, which is very difficult because they have to pass on the COA, they have to pass on the uh, other regulation before you could release any money even for, for, for such uh, small money for business. But there's youth money for the youth, DA, for OFW, kind ordinary farmer, there's, there, it's there. But how to tap it is another question. The other suggestion really is to mentor those who are applying for, for those money. But I will say that private sector are starting investing on that one. Thank you. Ang tanong po ay, pag po kayo yung investor, anong agribusiness type po yung i-establish nyo na value-added product or high-value crop? Na... Okay, siguro I will, uh, thank you for that question. So maybe I will, I will give you anong business na ginawa ko ngayon. Two years ago, I have a startup business. 
uh, just to give you an idea na bakit yun ang pinili ko masasagot na yung question mo what so what i did i i i, I believe that agriculture uh, part of or agriculture will be will flourish or will improve if we have a good seed system so galing naman ako sa iri i go up to the seed company also then now uh, as a professor i started uh, a business two years ago on tissue culture because if you use tissue culture of high value crops like lakatan and bakapuno so very on so i i invested a time i invested some money i invested my talent and developed a tissue culture laboratory and planting materials for 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 the filipinos i want filipinos to <laughs> to be rich or having a a disease free good quality seeding so everything starts with a good seed yun ang bilig ko kaya invested on this one so i have a uh, i call it the binhi incorporated which is a uh, micro propagation of uh, banana all types of banana uh, from lakatan to cardabam saba or cavendish up to makapuno at saka other other crops so we are producing this now we are selling it and uh, giving them services how to plant it and produce a good quality lakatan for the for the for for Luzon specifically Luzon kasi maliit lang kami Luzon then we'll go Visayas Mindanao so those are just example of where i put my heart and my money is high value crops tissue culture which is a uh, technology based science based technology that will help really the farmers uh, to have a disease free plant and good quality planting materials And that is a wrap for our interview. Thank you, Dr. Gregorio, for setting some time to grace us with your presence today. This talk has provided us with a lot of agribusiness ideas. Diba, Carla? Tama, partner. And bilang isang agribusiness student, then I couldn't be more proud. Agribusiness is such a valuable and productive sector. So the Philippines has a lot of untapped potentials that we should really make the most of. Correct, partner. Tulad nga na sinabi ni Dr. Gregorio, napakaraming opportunities para maka-earn ng money ang mga agri-enterprises. What's more is that through agribusiness, we can help improve the lives of our farmer and fisherman communities. That is right. And as an agri-enterprise, should be doing well by doing good earning profit, pero at the same time, creating positive societal impact. And so, before we take a break, let us first again thank Dr. Gregorio for a fun and fruitful discussion. We are sure that our listeners are now inspired to enter the agribusiness industry, not just for money, but for the greater good of the country. Again, thank you po. And sa ating mga listeners, we hope you enjoyed this segment as much as we did. And don't worry, we will be back for the second portion of this podcast. We'll travel through time with the right blend of entertainment and things that matter when Sam on Air returns. And we're back. Yes, earlier we had a very informative discussion with Dr. Gregorio on agribusiness and enterprises plus other profitable ventures in the agricultural sector. And moving forward to our next topic, sisimulan ulit natin ito sa isang napaka-intrigan tanong. Yun talaga mapapaisip ang ating mga listeners. Wow, gusto ko yan. Ano kayang tanong yan? 
So yan, Carla, have you ever thought about the bizarre or like parang impossible? The idea of raising farm animals on the rooftop of buildings. Titingin mo ba posible yun? Very intriguing question nga. Pero I never thought about it. Pero since uh, land ownership and land conversion concerns ngayon pa lang is sobrang uh, issue na natin ngayon sa agriculture, who knows, di ba? Kasi yung ating mga arable lands, yung ating mga areas for pasture ay nakoconvert na bilang residential area. So I think, malay mo, possible ito in the near future. Oo oh, nga eh. Para kung kukumpare natin noon, yung mga Filipinos is naglilive pa ng space sa ilalim na kanila mga bahay kasi tataas yung mga bahay nila. Para lang sa mga animals. Tapos ngayon, sa bubong na. Nakakaloka naman yun. Totoo, pero di ba sa ating mga neighboring countries katulad ng Japan, sobrang advanced ang kanilang technologies pagdating sa agriculture. Gumagamit sila mga drones, tsaka kung ano-ano pa para sa kanilang farming. Kaya nga eh, talagang yung mga hindi natin naiisip noon, eh nangyayari na rin ngayon. So, may mga crazy ideas talaga. And alam nyo, those might sound crazy ngayon, pero we can tell how they will sound 20 or 30 years from now. Ika nga, I only time can tell. Kutulog nga sinabi ko, may mga bagay na nangyayari ngayon na hindi inisip ng ng mga nasa nakaraan na posible pala. True, pero I believe na history and research can also provide us with a picture of the future. In this case, it's agriculture in the Philippines. Ikaw, Carla, again, let's say by the year 2050, ano sa tingin mo ang kalagayan ng agrikultura, both global and local? Kung pagbabasihan natin yung mga numbers, ngayong 2021 pa lang, yung population natin umabot na ng uh, around 111 million people. And by 2050, which is uh, 30 years from now, aabot na siya ng around 150 million people. So, ganun karami na yung tao sa ating bansa. No, pero based on a 2017 survey, yung average age ng farmers in the Philippines is 60 years old. Sa so, tingin ko may problem dito kasi the population is increasing, pero the people getting involved in agriculture are growing old. Totoo. Tapos idagdag mo pa yung vulnerability ng Philippines sa environmental events and problems. Example na lang yung 2 million Filipinos and risk ng hunger pagdating ng 2050 dahil nga sa climate change. Tapos dagdag mo pa yung yearly out put loss dahil sa mga bagyo, mga typhoons natin taon-taon, mga natural disasters, we can't really tell what will happen to us kung hindi ma-address mga ganitong problema. It simply put, climate change, bigger population aka higher demand, plus fewer farmers or lower supply equals food security problem. Totoo, pero sabi nga ng prof ko dati, ang entrepreneur mindset ay thinking of problems equals opportunities. Tama. So, we should step up the agri-game in the Philippines. And although we have provided quite some info, I believe we are still not as informed as our guest for this portion. So, once again, here to join us as we take a peek at the future of agriculture is our guest, Dr. Glenn Gregorio. What can you say about the current state of agriculture here in the Philippines? What are some important details that you think everyone should be aware of at present? Yeah, I think we have heard a lot about the Philippine agriculture. We are starting to say, siguro, uh, common tao, they heard Philippines is a land with full of agriculture land, parang it's an agricultural country. But fertile soil may may katotohanan yon may katotohanan yon but uh, we are agriculture challenge country why 
first is because we, our population is very high. Our land area could not technically uh, support all of us kasi ang dami natin. We are 110 million na ngayon. Okay? And we have all the calamities. Kung walang bagyo, may volcanic eruption. Kung walang bagyo, kung walang volcanic eruption, mayroon tayong lindol. Kung one but the drought, seawater intrusion, because we have a lot of coastal areas, uh, bagyo, yun ang pinaka-challenging sa atin. So, situation natin, we could improve actually in agriculture. Kung wala lang itong mga county lang ang bagyo natin, boom! Ganon agad tayo. Biglang maisahang bagyo lang tayo, bagsak na tayo. Another bagyo, bagsak na naman. Another bagyo, tapos ilang bagyo tayo sa isang so that's the challenge of, of, of agriculture in the Philippines and the land holdings is small and the farmers are, of course, our, 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 our mindset of a farmer is just uh, uh, pag nakita sa isang anak ng farmer ay gulat-gulat ang damit, nakasambrerong butas, under the sun. Actually, I always mean, always tell them, even my class, ay may siguro nung nagturo ako some I just want to show you sa crop science ay my first first day ang question ko sa kanila ay quiz ay draw a farmer then they draw the farmer ganyan then the next day pinakita pinash ko sa screen ano mga drawing ng farmer napapakain ng manok may dalawang kalabaw bitbit nagtatanim ng palay so ang next question ko sa kanila what do you think? Is this, is that a farmer you draw or a farm worker? So they start thinking. Kasi nakikita na sa mga newspaper, pinipiksyon na yung farmer, nagtatanim doon. May gitara, nagtatanim. Or hirap, may bitbit na bata sa likod, nag-inom sa baso na paupo sa gilid, nag-inom kumakain na dahon ng saging. Farm worker yun, ang pinipiksyon nila. Yung naghihirap, farm worker. Ang farm worker, kahit tumaas ang ani ng farmer, na siya nagbabayad, 300 pesos pa rin or 250 pesos ang kanyang sweldo. So, we have to look at who are the farmers, who are the farm workers. We have to segregate it, di ba? Para makita natin. Kasi, ang farmer talaga, kung pinicture ang farmer, siya siguro yung nakapayong, nagdidikta kung ano ang, ano ang gagawin o kaya nagbibilang na siya ng pera kasi magsisweldo siya the next day o kaya nagluluto siya, nag, nagmamanage siya kasi papakainin niya yung mga taohan niyang uh, so yun ang nakikita natin hindi yung tapos we, we tend to ask questions sa farmer anong tanim nyo dito? ay kwanto hindi ko alam kasi nakuha ko lang to sa barangay nakuha lang namin ay gano'n ba kalaki to? ay siguro mga isang nektarya siguro ito anong fertilizer ganamit? ay yung puti na may medyo parang akala natin kasi inutusan lang silang ito ang gagamitin maraming mga gano'n ang tanong ng mga journalists din that we have to you have to ask the farmer kasi maraming mga farmer dyan, they own big lands. Ganon din ang nangyari. So, tingnan natin in a, in a different perspective. So, in short, the prospect, balik tayo, I'm going to the details, the prospect of agriculture is there but we have a lot of uh, systemic uh, problems or calamities that makes our agriculture down. But we could, we could manage it uh, by having more integrative and systematic um, implementation of our plans of the government and 
cooperation of the, I always say, academe, industry, government, interconnectivity to make this really happen. And we have we must have a long-term forecast of the governance. Hindi lang yung every government magbabago na naman. Kasi we have only three years ang mga mayor or six years ang presidente. Magbabago na naman yan. Iba na naman yan. Iba na naman yung programa. They scrap the old. So we must have a long-term. That's why we have the Uh, Philippine Agriculture and Fisheries Modernization and Industrialization Act to make it more sustainable. Dapat ipasa ng sa loya, then bibigyan ng pera to make it sustainable ang tuloy-tuloy, hindi yung kanya-kanya. Kung sinong presidente, kung sinong mayor, kung sinong governor, ay doon magdidepende. So we have, have must a political will to do this one. Sa ano naman po, uh, perspective naman po ng consumer, how can our present state of consumption and production capacity affect the future? Yeah, very important yung perspective ng consumer because as a simple government or if you are a political figure or you are, um, let's say, a politician, mas marami ang consumer kaysa farmer eh. Kaya they have to look at the welfare of the consumer kasi sila yung bibili. Pag tumaasan mo ang bigas, pag if you will say, oh, tataasan natin ang bilhin natin ng bigas sa farmer, tataas din ang consumer. So, the best, sino ba maraming butante? <laughs> Mas maraming butante ang consumer. So, we have to please them. Huwag mong taasan. So, ano magsasuffer? Ang mga uh, producer, kahit paano, in some sense, kung hindi siya free market. Uh, ang consumption pattern naman yun, magdidikta na sa, at, sa atin ngayon. So, with the coming pandemic, I could see that we are more responsible under consumption. We know what we are eating. And I think this will change the profile of, uh, of the market of the different producers. People tend to eat healthy foods now, tend to eat uh, nutritious rice, nutritious Uh, more nutritious um, dish. Maraming nga nagiging vegetarian na ngayon. So, it will affect kung ano ang bibilhin, bibilhin sa market. But, uh, I I may say that, yun na, it's consumer. That's why it's uh, uh, market-driven ang agriculture natin kung ano ang kailangan. Kung gusto man yun, maraming mahalig tayo sa mga imported goods. Eh, gusto natin pongkang, gusto natin apple, gusto natin grapes ay gusto natin steak, ay talagang mag-i-import na lang tayo na mag-i-import. And we eat a lot of rice din. Import na ng import kasi we don't, we, we are not uh, competitive enough sa rice production. So, uh, as a consumer, meron, kayo, meron nga tayo sa ating SDG, Sustainable Development Goal, is responsible production and consumption. So, we have to, uh, this is a very important SDG na tayo as a consumer, we have to be responsible production and uh, sa, sa consumption side. Consumption. Tayo ang nagda-drive ng products ng, ng agriculture. Ano naman po? Uh, tanong lang po yung sa, ano pong stance nyo po sa rice tarification law? At paano po ito naka-affect sa mga rice producers? Okay, very good question again. This is another Uh, political will, a political question, but it's really a political will. This rice tarification law should have been long time ago, and it's the political will natin. Ay, ayaw kong implement ito kasi kung ako'y politician, ayaw kong implement ito kasi maapektuhan ako. During my, the next three years, five years, ay babangsak ang production natin kasi 
we heavily protect our farmers. By the time na magbukas na yung ASEAN Economic Cooperation, magbukas na yan, pati labor market natin, Vietnamese na siguro mga professor natin, ang labor natin, wala nang free, free trade na, wala nang, wala nang ambigas maging mura kasi mas efficient ang production sa Vietnam tsaka Indonesia or, or Thailand or India lalagpak na sa atin. Ngayon, dahan-dahan na i-implement yun, nirelease na yung tarification law ay yung, yung uh, minimum yung tariff natin sa rice naging 35% na lang. If you 35%, in the next few years, magiging wala na siya. So, we are making our rice farmers competitive by the rice tarification law. It's a very good law. Problema late lang na-implement. Hindi tayo nahanda kasi ayaw ng mga previous government na i-implement ito. Kaya ngayon, political will, kasi walang iba pag binuksang, parang, parang dam yan, parang dam na darating na yung tubig ng marami. Talagang i-release mo yung dam, magbabaha talaga siyang initially, or else, babagsak yung dam, buo tayong madadali. So, it will prepare us technically. If you are not, it will give support to the farmers, kasi we have 10 billion a year to support the farmers. But the problem is the implementation. So the law is good, but the implementation, biglaan. Kasi the next five years, tapos na yung one eh. Open na tayo. You have to competitive. So if you are a rice farmer, kung hindi ka talaga competitive, huwag ka na mag-rice. You go. Yun ang law doon eh. If you are a rice farmer, the, the rice tarification law will support those areas, farm areas, farmers who are planting rice that are productive and encourage them to increase their production. Yung below talaga, wala na kayo pa. Mag-change na kayo ng inyong business. Parang lahat ay nagbibenda ng ice candy. Gusto ba lahat nagdugusta ng benta ng ice candy? Eh, dito talaga, malamig sa lugar na to. Nag-i-snow, magpipilit ka ba magbenta ng ice candy? Doon ka mag-focus sa mga init na lugar. Siguro dito, bananak yun ang ibibenta mo kasi mainit yun. Doon sa malamig na mas maigi siya. So, yun ang... Don't insist. Ang kung ikaw ay lugi sa business kayo sa mga sindyante, sa same, you are business-minded. Uh, If you are not productive enough, go to other business. Yun naman ang kwan na law. But the uh, part ng rice tarification law is to help diversify yung mga farmers na hindi nila kaya. Pero kulang pa rin ng extension. That's why we have the, they develop now the new law on the uh, development of the provincial PAPES. Agriculture, Fisheries, uh, Extension Services. In-strengthen rin yan. And now we have a new Mandanas ruling where big chunk of money will be going to the local government for them to implement. Hindi lang tayo asa sa DA. Kunti na lang, strategic na lang yung gagawin ng DA. But it will be the mayors and the governors in their specific area will manage how the, their money will be used. You will say paano to gagawin. So that's where our role is to to help them guide and to be vigilant in in doing in doing things. So in short, rice tariffification law, I support that one because it's a political will. It will is parang business niyan sa simula, bababa tayo tapos aangat tayo or else bagsak na tayo ng bagsak niyan. So it could have been worse. Yan ang masasabi ko. Pag bumukas na itong floodgate of the imports products hindi tayo competitive. You have to be ready long time ago. But it was the political will na binigay na ngayon. Kasi kung ako ang government ngayon, if I'm selfish enough, I will not implement it. Hintayin ko lang kasi the next, the next two years pa ma-implement yung flow doon, 
yung next administration na ang madadali. But I think the government now, in some sense, it has a good uh, one. He's protecting the Philippines for the next generation, the next administration na inalaw na ito para maging competitive tayo. The rice application is making Philippines competitive because our price of producing rice is 12 pesos. The rice producing the per kilo, 12 pesos sa uh, ibang bansa is 6 pesos to 8 pesos. So, sinusuportahan itong 12 pesos para i-down ang kanilang cost of production and increase ang efficiency nila para umab- maging competitive sila sa Southeast Asian neighbors natin. That's the law of one. But all the negative effects, parang ganun yan eh. Para bang, oh sige, maglinis muna tayo sa bahay, magre-reklamo yung ibang mga anak. Kasi yung oras nila. But kasi may darating na bisita, may madadali tayo, baka pansin tayo sa bahay ng ating tenant pag may tenant bilis. I'm just giving you an example that, that it's a political will. But the immediate effect is not good. But the long term, we have to look at the long term effect. That's my take for the rice tarification law. And I'm familiar, very familiar with rice. I'm a rice farmer. I'm a rice professor. I'm a rice breeder. So that's very special to me. Uh, hindi po kaya pag pinalipat po yung ibang farmers, diba rice farmers po sila, tas uh, hindi po nila kayang isustain. Kasi nga po, uh, parang nalulugi na ganyan. Hindi po kaya ma-affect yung supply po nun. Parang bababa po yung supply kasi hindi po sila magpo-produce, mababawasan po yung farmers na nagpo-produce po na rice. Ganun po. Magandang question yun. Uh, hindi naman, kasi kaunti lang yun eh. At the same time, may import eh. Kasi important, di ba kung ikaw ay businessman, we have to look, ilugi tayo dito sa business natin, may, may businessman ka, nagtitinda ka ng banana queue, nagtitinda ka ng SKND, nagtitinda ka ng cake. Nakikita mong lugi ka na dito sa SKND, eh, huwag mo nang i-drop mo na yan. Dito ka na, lalaki na yung iba. Uh, so, at the same time, yung ice candy naman, yung, uh, yung part ng rice certification law, mayroon doong rice uh, diversification, crop diversification, where the farmers who are not producing rice, they, they will be supported to diversify in other crops or animals ba ang gawin nila na maging productive yung area nila. Like Laguna, Laguna is not a rice area kasi mababa talaga yung natin compared sa Nueva Ecija because their climate is very conducive to 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 rice. Sa atin, maulan tayo, this is uh, prone tayo. Pag hindi tayo mag-produce ng rice, no problem. We should not, we, uh, this is my personal uh, idea, we should not be aiming for self-sufficiency on rice. We should aim for food security. We could produce flowers here, high-value crops and sell it outside the country and buy rice from them, which they are efficient, di ba? sa atin sa sa same comparative advantage di ba ganun we have to look at that why 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 produce rice na mas expensive kaysa sa kanila so bilhin na lang natin yung sa kanilang mura at we will benta sa kanila yung flowers ba or vegetables or livestock ba or other commodity na mahal sa kanila i-produce di ba that's very very basic sa economics so We, we have to do that. Don't worry na mawalan tayo ng rice. Kasi nawalan tayo ng rice noon, nagka-problema tayo ng rice, uh, may rice strike tayo noon because walang cleanups natin yung importation natin. Hindi hindi tayo ready, government to government importation lang. 
ang ginagawa din walang mga private sector. If we improve the private sector, efficient yan silang makipag-deal sa atin. So, we have to look at that. Of, of course, may other aspect na rin that's only about 3 to 5% of rice is in the market. Yun, diversify. Pati consumption natin, you have to diversify. Hindi lang yung mamamatay na tayo kung walang rice. We have corn, we have other uh, root crops and other uh, vegetables to substitute for that. So, we have to diversify. The more diversified your food is, the more nutritious it will be. So, mindset setting lang din yun sa Do you think we can afford to go digital? in terms of farm operations? If yes, when do you see that happening in digitalization? Po. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a story. We are doing it at Circa. But I'll give you also an actual story ngayon. Digital agriculture, hindi mo na if you talk about digital agriculture, everything ay parang nasa computer na lang ako, nandito lang ako sa pisino na namamalis ko yun. That's the ultimate digital agriculture. But now we are doing digital. Like I have a farm, several farms. Ah, hindi ko lang sabihin sa'yo, baka mga land reform ako. Uh, so digital agriculture, I could use now my phone. I, I empower my caretakers doon. They have the phones. Pinapakita, Sir, bossing, ito na yung hitsura ng palay natin. Ano bang mukhang may nakita ko mga insekto dito? Pinapakita sa akin sa video yung actual real time na ganun. Then I could, okay, ay mukhang may stem borer yan. Uh, we have to, wag na late stage na yan. Hindi na natin kailangan ma-sprayhan yan. You have to do this one. Bawasan mo na lang ang tubig natin para hindi siya magwan. So, in some sense, you are using digital agriculture. I could send my command. Tatawag ko sa'yo, magbibideo kami call to troubleshoot anong problema doon. And bibigyan kong link dito ang pipiliin mong bilhan ng fertilizer. Pwede mong orderin and uh, send it to you. Those are digital agriculture already. Even hindi na ko kailangan pumunta doon para bayaran ang, ang sweldo doon. O sige, isend ko na lang sa Gcash mo. Ayun, then siya mo magawa ng Gcash, send ko ng Gcash sa kanya. Tapos i-incash niya yun. Tapos sabi ko, yung mga worker mo, as much possible, i-Gcash mo na lang para ma... So those are digital, I may say this, we are already using digital agriculture. Ito nakataas ang tubig dito sa atin, ano bang gagawin natin? Yun ang example ng mga digital agriculture na nagagamit natin. But the other thing of digital agriculture is, lalagyan mo ng i- mga probes sa different uh, field mo para malaman mo ang nutrient status, makita mo ang soil status, mapoproject mo rin, ma-access mo na rin yung weather data ng specific location. So we are already doing it uh, right now in, in the Philippines in a small scale, but if you want to have a drone and all those things, nandun na lang, it's happening. We need just support, enabling support, as I mentioned, uh, for us to do it. Another example I want, we are doing digital agriculture now with Circa, with a private company, uh, AgriX and AppGIS. So these are the tech technology people from IBM and they formed together to have a team to help in agriculture. So we team up with them. So we targeted, we targeted the vegetable farmers in the Banahaw area, which is Nagkarlan, Dolores Quezon, and uh, Liliu, Umayhay. Liliu Ata. So we started with this one. We have several farmers there. We we went to a farmer area. We identified some farmer area that they will have. Uh, we, we, put impl- we, we put some solar panels and give them, uh, uh, provide them or loan them a uh, uh, tablet so that they could input their cultural management, everything, along harvest time, and crops. And we will be using those data from different farmers to, to, to come up to the best management practices in their area. Kasi iba-iba ang soil condition nila, iba-ibang 
uh, location nila, iba-iba ang crops nila. Then after that, we link it to the AgriX, which is the marketing arm. So they are they are the marketing arm, digital marketing arm. Then they go to the supermarkets and some subdivisions, and they will already manage kung by this time ganito kadaming pipino darating ganitong kadaming uh, patola ang palaya so they will know where to to send them at the same time we are dealing the we are dealing with the farmers how much we will be giving them ito ang presyo namin predetermined na hindi na yung minsan 5 pesos minsan 100 pesos so may predetermined na yan so may assurance na yan kung tumaas man ang presyo uh, kikita itong kabila kung bumaba ang presyo kikita ang farm ay parang ganun ang mas stable sila so with this one and the consumers also will know that they, they are may barcode na rin yung mga pagkain nila ah ito galing kay farmer Glenn Gregorio sa may Mayhay uh, Laguna kinanim noon may information dun sa kinakain nila so they feel good na kinakain nila eh. Ganito, ano mga cultural management, nakabarcode na yun doon. So, this is just an example. We are piloting some projects like this. And many farmers are starting to come in to join us. So this is just an example of digital agriculture on the ground that we are doing. And we want everyone as much as possible to join us with this endeavor. But I may say we will not make everyone digital. So kanya-kanya yan. Kanya-kanyang gimmick. So it should be... Uh, localized. That's why you have the, I, I always say, Filipinized or localize your technology to make it uh, appropriate sa area na yun. Kung ang area nila ay may kuryente na, talagang teki na sila, so iba naman yung i-implement mo sa kanila. So we need really the academic industry, government interconnectivity. So we involve the mayors sa memorandum agreement namin. So they are excited uh, para may free flow din ang punta ng mga mga researchers namin doon sa, 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 sa kanila. So, in short, we have that digital agriculture, which is very beautiful. And once implemented, tapos we will be collecting their data, information nila, instead na ilagay nila sa kalendaryo ang kanila mga operations, they put it in their in their laptop together with their kids. Natural na yung mga bata kasi sila yung mas techy. Then we will collect those data. So, we have already big data to, to formulate different cultural models which is best they could compare notes ay nag-crop failure ako sa amin ng ampalaya ko dahil dumating tong um, disease na ito ay na, nasod ko yan dito kasi ganito ang ginawa ko so they will nakuha mo ba they will exchange notes hindi sila magtatuguan kasi we, we will we are the enabler to make this happen uh, given that the production, processing, and transportation of food and non-food products have impacts on the planet. What do you think may be done to minimize the negative effects? That's very good. I, I was just, I, I just have a talk yesterday uh, sa Forestry, 4AP uh, International Conference, and I talk about mainstreaming biod- uh, biodiversity conservation to agricultural innovation. So, we that's very real if you talk about agriculture from the very start of plowing the field that's already losing biodiversity that's already not good to the environment because we are changing the landscape we are uprooting we are planting monocrops and all those things so we have to uh una you have to minimize yan, yung we have the thinking of circular economy always think of yung sinabi ko nanda 
the triple bottom the bottom line approach, which we have to consider any intervention we do. We have to think of the three things. Which is, we have to think of the planet, which is the environment. We have to think of the people, which is the social, cultural aspect. And we think of the profit also, because it's very important to make it sustainable. So all these three, every project you have, you know, critical thinking, nothing going. We have to think it in these three ways. It is environmentally friendly. At the same time, profitable. Kung hindi siya profitable, hindi mo mapapasokan yun. Kung hindi siya good sa tao, sa culture, sa intervention na ma-affectan, iba pala ang culture dun sa kabila. You have, you, you have to think it that way. At the same time, with the pandemic, we realize now, we have, we could, we have to look at the, we call it the one health approach, which we have to look at the health of the plant, health of the environment, help of human being to make this happen. Nandun na yung biosecurity, we have to think about that one. At the same time, I'm very practical dito, I produce local and support local para yung value chain ay yung shorter natin ang logistics, yung transport. Doon kasi ang mga emission marami. Pati ang tambakan natin, with the learning natin sa pandemic, we learn now that we should produce locally so wala nang transport masyado. Mas shorten natin yun. Ang ating ginagawa, hindi natin kailangan we have to eat less processed food. Hindi na kailangan i-process. But yung kamote, i-chips mo pa kung sa bahay ka lang, eh, ilaga mo na lang. Di ba? Hindi mo siya kailangan i-chip unless may business ka or overproduction ka. I-steam mo na lang yung iba, then you, you eat it and produce locally. You, everyone should have a kitchen garden. At least it will supply 15% of your vegetable readily available and encourage local tambakan or tambakan yung imbakan ng gulay ng sa local hindi na kailangan you have to go to Sariaya Quezon you have to go to Tanawan Batangas kasi yun ang they call it uh, food terminal natin so you must have even in your locality as much as as possible shorter the value chain natin ay shorter natin ang logistics natin I even go to the, ex, uh, not to the extreme, but I'm even advocating like breastfeeding. We have to look at this breastfeeding. Kasi ito yung kwan eh, nature way, nature positive production. Breastfeeding ngayon kasi kahit farmer, they're thinking, papainom nilang buti, mahal ang, ang gatas. Ang laki ng carbon footprint pagproduce ng gatas from baka, gatas, idadry nila, imimiss nila, ipapowder form nila, transport nila. You, you give nutrition to the mother, you give nutrition to the whole family, papa, daddy, ang bata, mas healthy ang bata in the future, mas less sakit siya. Those are just a very basic example of how we could do things better. Back to the basic tayo, which is not even basic, but crude. It's the most nutritious, it's the nature positive production. So shorten the transport, local, support local, sabi na, local food for local good. Breastfeeding, local food, local good. Can you give us a brief and objective vision for the Philippine agriculture in 2050? Ah, gawin mo na ata kung sekretary ng agriculture o presidente ng Pilipinas niya. Yeah, uh, 2050, uh, buhay pa ba ako? 2050, that's 30 years. Yeah, actually, Sam, I have, uh, I have um, as, kasi UN Food System Champion ako, I have a, uh, I have a small article written, one-page article of what I should be in the 2050 ng agriculture. Siguro, i-kikwento ko lang sa iyo para bang 
by the time I'm already uh, plus 30, 50, plus 30, 80, 80 something na. Parang ang ambition, ikikwento ko na lang sa in the story, what will be my weekend during that uh, during that time? So ikikwento ko na yung sinulat kong one page. So I'm still in Los Baños and my my son who is uh, 12 years old now is already a father. He's coming to visit us in my farm here with his two kids. So they travel here, Los Baños, and they come to show us and they give us a gift. Of, uh, may, 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 may dala na silang uh, dalawang, uh, they give me a dalawang bell pepper, bell pepper na, na prutas na very specific na yung crop na yun. One for me and one for my wife. Parang very specific na kasi may community garden na sila sa bahay nila. Nagpuproduce na rin sila sa urban gardening sa, sa Manila during the time. So, ganun sila ka-progressivo. Then, may apps na siya kung ano ang laman nito. Very, very customized na yung mga pagkain uh, namin. Then, sinama ko siyang, dadalhin ko siya sa magmimil kami ng, ng rice kasi gusto niya ng ng black yung high quality rice which I produce in my farm then pumunta kami tapos kinuha muna namin yung mga waste namin sa bahay kasi marami kaming mga 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 vegetable peels saka waste kasi naghanda ko sa pagdating nila then we went to the farm it's uh, isang area we deposited itong waste namin kasi ginagawa nilang community compost where they employ some people for community compost tapos nakadis na lang doon kung uh, how much did I give? And the person will ask me, uh, are you going to get it money or you want to get the, a compost also? So I'll get a compost for my wife's garden. Yung, yung parang i-deposit mo yun, sila magko-compost, ibabalik sa'yo compost. So yun, isa yung value addition. Then we went to the rice mill, then ginawa namin ang brown rice para sa kanila. Then uh, ganun ang, ang situation. So we are more health-conscious very very specific na yung mga pagkain natin specific na yun for the 80 years old ito na yung mga pagkain kinakain lang na which is produced locally so that's my vision uh, we are more conscious sa ating waste we are more uh, conscious of uh, what we are eating brown rice na tayo mas nutritious ang kinakain natin and our 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 our, our community is more conducive on uh, organic or uh, composting, uh, circular economy to make this happen. So I'm optimistic. It's just a matter of political will. The governance ang pinaka-importante dito. So I'm optimistic that we'll be going. Kasi yun ang nakikita ko ngayon with the pandemic, eh, bumabalik tayo sa agriculture. But the capacity to do it, dahan-dahan tayo. So we are moving steadily, going up, but slowly. It's, not the, it's just a matter of who is governing that will make it faster or slower. So our, 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 our laws are implemented well. It's the implementation process. Sana yung Mandanas ruling ngayon where the local government are empowered to do these things, mas maganda. Kasi sila na yung mag-implement. Hindi nakatakbo palagi sa Manila to get money for verbalisan ka ng tractor, you just go to the mayor. So election now is very important. Select the best. If you are in agricultural area, 
select a mayor that is uh, agriculture conscious if you are in high tech or um, not agriculture area so kanya kanyang priority thank you And now that Dr. Gregorio has discussed the chunk of the portion, let's delve on the action part naman. Ano-ano nga ba yung mga pwede natin gawin or ng ating government? Una, kailangan natin siguraduhin na well-represented your farmer sector sa Congress. Na yung nagre-represent sa kanila ay may heart talaga for our farmers at aware sa mga hinain ng ating mga magsasahan. Importante yan. Tama, kaya sa ating mga listeners and viewers, please exercise your right to vote and be responsible voters. No? Maging mapagmatsyag kayo sa mga plataporma ng uh, mga kakandidato ngayong election 2022. Isa pa ay yung reforming agricultural trade policies na na-mention sa ating unang episode tungkol sa elections kung saan pinag-usapan yung kahalagahan ng agrarian reform. Tama, malaking bagay para sa ating mga magsasaka na sa kanila yung lupa na kanilang pinag-aanihan para hindi na sila magbabayad ng renta sa lupa. Siyempre, uh, babawas din yun sa mga bayarin nila, di ba? E di ang ending nun, mas malaki yung kikitain nila, which will eventually pwedeng magpababa ng presyo ng ating mga bilihin dala ng lower production costs. Kasi nga, sa kanila yung lupa na kanilang inaani. O di ba, domino effect from our farmers to buyers. Talagang malaking bagay yun para sa ating mga consumer kasi grabe na talaga yung presyo ng mga bilihin ngayon. Yung presyo ng isang kilo ng sibuyas, ngayon nasa 120 pesos na. Oo nga, partner eh. Pero bukod sa maaaring gawin ng ating gobyerno, pwede rin tayo mag-contribute sa pag-unlad ng ating agricultural sector through breeding a new generation of farmers. Kaya i-promote at i-promote pa natin yung mga agri-courses at maingganyo yung mga youth na ito yung i-take nila. Alam mo, mayroon ngang mga ino-offer na scholarships para sa mga interested sa agri-related course tulad ng animal science, horticulture, at syempre pati na rin ng agribiz. Very interesting to, no? lalo na sa ating mga incoming college students dyan na may heart for farming. Pero bukod doon, alam ko meron ding project ang ating Department of Agrarian Reform na door-to-door na nag-offer ng mga ideal lands to deserving agricultural graduates para ma-improve ang ating food security sa bansa. Magandang programa talaga yan para mahikaya tayo mga kabataan to be more involved in agriculture. At bukod pa rito, Maganda rin i-encourage natin ang pag-invest sa research and development ng agritech to increase crop productivity and efficiency. True, maibabalik tayo dun sa question kanina no, tungkol sa bizarre idea of farming sa rooftops, which years from now could be the new normal, lalo na paunti ng paunti yung ating arable lands. Yan yung mga crazy ideas. Kaya ngayon na na-introduce na yung vertical farming to boost production kahit na limited in space. Malay mo, one of us ang makadevelop ng agritech na similar sa ating neighboring countries tulad ng Japan. Malay mo, isa pala sa mga listeners ang magiging pioneer niyan sa Philippines. Oo nga, several years ago, who would thought about using drones in farming, di ba? What more about farming in rooftops and in the comfort of our homes? Indeed, time really transforms the possibility of things. Kaya nga napaka-importante na ini-encourage natin sila to take agricultural courses to promote this kind of objectives, pati na rin yung mga research para ma- ma-increase yung ating crop productivity and efficiency. Tama at maganda rin na um, talagang ini-encourage yung ating mga kabataan kasi sa tingin ko ang problema dito is yung mindset eh, na mahirap ang ating mm-hmm. mga farmers, ganyan. Pero sa totoo lang, I think, mayayaman ng mga farmers kung bibigyan lang sila ng enough uh, government support. And kung, dahil sa tingin ko yung mga farmers natin, ay meron silang 
um, kaya nilang isustain yung sarili nila, lalo na ngayong pandemic, ba? Diba? Hindi sila magugutom kasi may mga pagkain sila na tinatanim. And pwede rin natin gawin yon in our own, in the comfort of our homes, kung kakayanin natin. Tama din, partner. Kaya masaya ako sa ating podcast na ito. Ito na yung last episode natin, di ba, for this semester. Talagang natutuwa ako dahil na-educate at binibigyan natin ng awareness ang ating mga listeners tungkol sa kalagayan ng agricultural sector at pati na rin yung mga agricultural courses. Mga ganun. Tama ka dyan, dahil sobrang fruitful na naman ang ating discussions for today. And aside from that, we've tapped very timely concepts then given that we've just celebrated the Indigenous People and Peasant Month last October. Yes, and with that, we've discussed earlier parts, although it is evident na profitable ang ating agricultural sector, our farmers always receive the shorter end of the stick pagdating sa pakikipag-negotiate ng kanilang mga prices. The fact na may issues pa sa agrarian law sa bansa kaya instead na mapunta sa farmers ang kita from what they've harvested ay marami pa rin ang kinakailangan maglaan ng payment. Sir, yan, tanong lupang sinasaka nila, talagang luging-lugi na. Totoo, kaya naman tayo dito sa SEM On Air With the support ng ating SEM Student Council ay patuloy nahahanay at tutulong sa pag-amplify ng ating calls para sa ating mga indigenous people and peasant groups for the appropriate government support and inclusive strategic growth plan. Pero before we close this episode, we have a few words from our sponsors. Agri 4.0, a buzzword that has been creeping on the agricultural sector. Get ready to know more about this buzzing trend and join UP Agribusiness Society as they present Agri 4.0, reinventing agribusiness in the digital revolution. Interesting topics are to be addressed by exemplary representatives of their respective specialties in the webinar. These topics include disruptions in agribusiness and the new policies in the agribusiness sector to be discussed by Sir Gerald, Gerard Glenn Panganiban from the Department of Agriculture. Next, digitalizing the agriculture sector by Ms. Jennifer Joy Subang of AgriDom Solutions Corporation. And lastly, Sir Rupert Siebert from Farmwatch Solutions, which will share some of their company's smart farming solutions. Join them this November 8, 2021 from 9.30 a.m. to 12 p.m. via Zoom and Facebook Live. You can register through the QR code flashed on the screen. UP Caballeros is currently doing a food initiative drive called GAOR for the Santa Ana San Joaquin Bayam Puna. For anyone interested in donating, the available platforms and account details are as followed. Sa mga GCash, magdo-donate. The address, it will be addressed to Carlos Miguel Parto. So the number will be 0915-421-8321. Again, for the GCash, addressed to Carlos Miguel Parto. 0915-421-8321. Sa Metrobank naman, addressed to Ma'am Lerna Leonarda G. Parto. Ang number is 5553-55-0314. One one again. Metro Bank address to Mam Lerna Leonarda G Porto five 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 three five five zero three four two one one. Sabido BDO naman again address to Lerna Leonarda G Porto zero zero two three zero zero three four five nine three one. Sa isuas naman kay Mam Lerna Leonarda G Porto again two zero 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 four four two one eight six seven. Siguro na, we'll, we'll make sure naman na nakapost sa details yung mga number na to in case di na-take. 
Oh, also, you can follow our partners on their official accounts, tag in their past Facebook posts, and then this also in this actual live stream as well. For more information and updates about them, since I'm sure marami silang surprises and offerings this semester, click on their account names and feel free to stalk away. Once again, we would like to thank everyone who has been a part of this wonderful journey, our podcast team, our sponsors, our lovely guests, and of course, our viewers. Sana mag- Masundan pa ito. Tama yan, partner, no? Maraming maraming salamat po sa lahat ng mga naging parte ng programang ito. We hope to work with you all again soon. And, fi- and to finally close this episode once again, we are your hosts, Maggie Dollar. And Carla De La Cruz. Until now, this has been Sam On Air. Join us again next time as we discuss entertaining economics and management concepts behind trending topics on air. Once again, good day to our viewers and thank you, thank you so much.